welcome to the Nurse Becoming podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am excited to bring you a guest interview today on the podcast with Dr. Trinice Goodlow, also known as Dr. G, the NP, who is such a wonderful, wonderful resource in the field of cardiology for nurses and nurse practitioners. I think you will really love this episode. We got into a few different things. I got to ask her about her thoughts on NPs going directly into a specialty practice. I know that's a hot topic that a lot of people like to discuss and debate. We talked more about how she got into the world of cardiology and also got to talk about how she got into teaching others about cardiology. So you'll get to hear a few different things here. You'll get to hear some kind of professional discussion, a story of her path herself into the field of cardiology, and also a business origin story, which I know is always fun to hear, always so inspiring, regardless of whether you are uh, an aspiring or current nurse entrepreneur. So I also want to say if you loved hearing from Trinice, which I'm sure you will. She is also a speaker at our upcoming NP Society virtual conference. So I'm excited to tell you more about that, especially because as of today, if you're listening in real time, you can sign up for the wait list to be notified for when our ticket sales go live. So that is going to happen sometime later this month, but I do want you to join the waitlist because if you join the waitlist, you will get early access to tickets as well as a special discount that won't be available when they officially go on sale. So we've got an amazing lineup of clinical topics and professional topics. And uh, yes, there will be something cardiology related. That is a, a secret that I'm sharing only with you here on the podcast, as well as a social mixer. You will get a swag bag. It'll be fantastic. Oh, and CME credits, because I know everyone always asks, and yes, you will get CME credits, no worries. But if you're in a safe place to do so, hit pause on this episode, go to the resumerx.com slash waitlist so that you can put your name in. That will just put you on this email notification list so that when tickets are available for waitlisters, you'll get early access and discount notification. Okay, so that's the resumerx.com slash waitlist. And without further ado, let's get into my interview with Dr. G, the NP. Dr. G, the NP, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invitation. As always, I'm humbled to be in your presence. So just thank you. Oh, you are the sweetest. I am so excited to talk to you. In this arena, we've connected in other areas. You've been a guest speaker three times now inside the NP Society, sharing an array of cardiology topics. So I'm excited to really get to know you a little bit better and, and also have my listeners get to know you as well. Fabulous. So I've already introduced you a little bit 
uh, before we hit record in the introduction, but I'd love to hear in your own words, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Trenise Goodlow. I am currently working as a full-time cardiology MP, and I'm also an adjunct professor from time to time, but my brainchild and my baby is Dr. GVMP. Um, my goal is to be like Amanda, meaning <laughs> a uh, full-time entrepreneur, self-sufficient, which is just, I'm in awe every time I'm around you. I don't mean to gush, but I'm just being honest. But yeah, that's basically what I do right now for the time being. So Awesome. So I want to talk, I want to like start a little bit from the beginning and hear more about your journey, specifically, you know, how you got into nursing and registered nursing, and then how that path led you to become an NP and ultimately an NP in cardiology. Well, I have to say, I don't have a big, grand, exciting story about how I became a nurse. I flirted with the idea of several different majors and my mom kind of really pushed nursing. She was like, you'll always have a job. You'll have a good paying job. You'll be in demand. So I don't have to worry about anything like that. And my dad just kind of echoed whatever she said. So I did what my mother told me to do. Once I got into nursing, I'm very transparent with the story. I hated it. I do not mince words. I didn't like class. I didn't like clinicals, but I felt very lost. And, you know, a lot of us are young and unsure of ourselves and what path we should take and that sort of thing. And I guess it was good foreshadowing because for a hot minute, I was a double major for nursing and marketing, Um, (laughs) which is quite interesting being an entrepreneur now. But I really just stuck it out because my mom said so. And I had always done what my parents told me to do and I had been successful. So I had no reason to not trust them in this. Um, But the truth was I wasn't very happy and I was lost, but I kind of rationalized it away and said, okay, well, maybe things will get better once I'm an actual nurse. Got on the floor and yeah, um, yeah, I I really wasn't uh, enjoying myself until one night. So my first job was uh, telenursing. So old school med surge start and all of that. But one thing that enamored me was the tele strips. And so the tele unit was on our floor. And so there's an array of televisions and screens and I'm like all fascinated. And so I'd go back there at 4 a.m. And then one day the teletech, uh, shout out to Rachel, because uh, Rachel is her name and we still keep in contact all these years later. And she's like, hey, do you want to know how to read strips? And I said, well, is that something that a nurse should know how to do? She laughed. She said, nurses do not know how to read strips. I was like, are you for real? And she's like, I'm for real. So I said, I'm a former basketball player. So that kind of kicked into high gear. And I said, well, I'm going to be a nurse who can read strips. So she's like, come on, come sit with me. So then it was my job to read all the strips on the floor at 4 a.m. So that's kind of was my intro. And I was very, very interested in my preceptor. She was pretty good at strips too. So between the two of them, they kind of tag teamed me and we were like talking things out. So I always kind of stayed kind of fascinated in that. And then it kind of evolved into my interest in cardiology. Um, in undergrad, I was like everyone else, tried to stay away from the cardiology test. <laughs> Didn't do well, actually failed the cardiology test. But anyway, my last job on the floor, I remember I was getting a report and I was working days at that point. And the night nurse said, Hey, you know, normal sinus rhythm, yada, 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 whatever. And so I look up at this monitor and I'm like, well, that doesn't look like sinus rhythm. It looks like a first degree in the bundle branch block. Now, back in those days, I knew what a first degree was. 
I kind of knew what a bundle branch block was. I couldn't tell you if it was left or right. I just knew bundle branch. So I went and checked on the lady. She was fine. I looked at her chart, her vitals, her labs in the morning, like all the stuff and her 12 lead. 12 lead was like textbook sinus rhythm and it didn't look like the monitor. So I called internal medicine and I said, you know, I have this lady, this was going on. He basically said, I don't know, call cardiology. Okay, fine. Call cardiology. He's like, get another 12 lead. Got a 12 lead. It definitely differed from her 12 lead. And sure enough, a first degree with a bundle branch. So he says, I'm coming up. Goes up to the lady's room, physically wheels her off the unit, and I never see her again. Um, So I was kind of like, that was odd. Uh, Then I saw him a few weeks later in the elevator, and I said, hey, what happened to that lady? You know, and he had to think for a second. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, she had a small heart attack. Good catch. So those sort of things kept happening to me. And my nurse manager was in my ear. She's like, Trinise, go back to school. Trinise, go back to school. You should go back to school. But I always found solace, ironically, in teaching. And for me, nursing is teaching. And I think that's why I was able to continue, even though I really wasn't terribly happy. I know that sounds bad, but it's the truth. And so my husband's an engineer, and I thought about just getting another undergrad degree and doing engineering because I really like math. And I said, well, let me just try one more time. So I had an opportunity to go to the University of Arizona, their DM, their BSN to DMP program, enrolled And one of my problems with going into nursing initially, because it wasn't my choice. So I said, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it my way. So I know 75 to 80% 80 of nurse practitioners do family practice. I don't want to do kids. I never had that. Well, I did for a hot second, but then I had a bad experience. And I said, no, that's not, that's not me. So I said, I'm going to do acute care and I'm going to do cardiology. And my research will be in cardiology. And I did it in hypertension and African-American population. But I just did things my way. So things have been better for me. I'm happy I gave it a second chance, but I still have that entrepreneurial spirit and I still have that teaching. I think that I'm meant to teach and I think I'm meant to inspire. So wherever that leads me, I'm I'm on the right path for sure. I love that. And I, I agree with you. I think you are meant to do both of those things. And and I think you do both of those things in, you know, the the knowledge that you share with the nursing community all about your area of expertise. Like it is it is both educational and inspiring. So so definitely give yourself <laughs> some credit for that for sure. And you know, I have to wonder if you do you have a slight rebellious streak in you? Because like <laughs> a few things that you said just made me wonder because you know you, you mentioned that you know you really went into nursing because it's what your mom told you to do. And when you decided to go to NP school, you really wanted to do it your way. And is that true? Am I, am I on the right track? <laughs> um, rebellious, I would say, I think that's too strong. I think I'm more of a make me understand why it has to be this way. And if it is, then I'm okay. But if I can't get a good understanding, then I guess I rebel for lack of better word. Yeah. But I'm always wanting to know, and, and even starting Dr. G, I have to be honest, I was conflicted on it because you're seen as a content expert. And sometimes those words scare me. I know I'm very good at what I do, but I don't mince words. I certainly don't know everything. And I don't do this to profess to know everything because I don't. I do it because I care. And I'm really tired of us in the nursing community and in the MP community not getting resources. I feel like being an MP or even a PA for that matter, 
you're like a second class citizen. That's some that's like an unspoken rule that people don't want to discuss. And I'm so sick and tired of it. Um, the Institute of Medicine published a paper in 2010, and I know this is a little outdated, but they published a position paper that stated nurse practitioners give equal, if not better care than physicians. So I don't understand why we are looked at subserviently sometimes. It really frustrates me. So I'm more trying to be a resource than be an expert, if that makes sense. Like I want to make sure that we have the best and I want to present my material in the best way, in an understandable way, because I want to hold someone's hand. I didn't always get my hand held. And so I just want to be what I didn't have. That's what this is all about. Be what you didn't have. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, that's a common thread, at least, you know, for me and in the reason why I created the platform that that I have. And that's definitely what keeps me doing what I'm doing is is knowing that I'm able to reach people and help them and provide them with what they didn't have or they don't have up until coming into my orbit. So I think that's like file that under the right reason to do something, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> For Absolutely. sure. And we all know, at least in the nursing track, cardiology is taught, but um, EKGs is not. I mean, let's be real. I think I'm not going to sit up here and say that every program didn't teach it because we know that's not true. I'm just saying the majority, we all know that that's not something that was, that was taught. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I have a question for you. That's like a little bit of a hot topic because, well, I guess let me back up. Let me ask this first. So I'm assuming that once you went to NP school, you graduated, you hopped right into cardiology, right? You didn't Start off in another field, right? Right. I I just went right right in there. (laughs) Okay. And and I should mention one other thing. I'm still at my first job too. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is rare because, you know, a lot of us jump ship from that first job within the first year. I don't know what the exact statistic is. I'm sure somebody has studied it. But anecdotally, I I can tell you that I have one classmate from when I graduated 10 years ago, who I know is still with the same oh, wow. employer, which I think is really rare. Like 10 wow. years with the same employer as an NP yeah. is like, you know, really, <laughs> really quite rare. Where, where does she work? <laughs> I know, right? Can we take some notes? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a question that maybe you get asked as well, a little bit of a hot topic. What do you think about NPs starting off in specialties? Um, I'm the type of person I don't like, what's a good good way to put this? I'll use an example. It's not nursing related, but I'm just going to, I think it hits the point that I'm trying to make. There's a statistic that what approximately 50% of people get divorced, right? Like there's a 50-50 shot that your marriage is going to end in divorce. And my comment to that and statistics like that is they didn't poll me. Okay. (laughs) So I kind of have that same response. Everybody is different. Everybody has certain needs. Everybody has their fortes, their strengths and their weaknesses and whatnot. So uh, I I stay away from blanket statements of no one should ever, or you should always, or I find that very hard to believe. And I think that when you put people in boxes, um, you stifle them. And I think that you have to be bold enough to color outside the lines. And that's when the genius happens because you're free and you never know what you will embark on. So personally, I, I disagree with that. I come from the school of nursing that, of course, when I was a, a baby nurse, gosh, it's hard to believe what, 11 years ago, 
that was, oh, you started med surge. And um, I was just grateful to get a job and, you know, that sort of thing. But I never thought about starting in a specialty. But now, absolutely as an MP, even more so as an MP, because you have a base foundational knowledge. So yes, please go for it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I'm not sure if you knew my position on that before I asked the no, question. No, I did not. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And when I'm asked that question, kind of the same thing. I don't like to make blanket absolute statements always or never. And I think you are a great example of this, which is why I asked you the question, if you are, especially if you are really passionate about a particular field that inspired you to become an NP or even something you fell in love with while in NP school, you know, don't let these fake rules uh, stray you in one direction or, or another, because ultimately, you know, we answer to ourselves and our own happiness and our own satisfaction and, you know, could it be difficult to go from a specialty to working back in whatever you initially trained in? Absolutely. I've been, you know, in specialty in emergency medicine, which is, I guess, kind of a specialty for many, many years. And I only ever worked one year in primary care before going into specialty. Okay. And so would it be really hard for me to go back to primary care? Yeah. Is it possible? Sure. Yeah. But- you know, I'm not going to delay doing what I really want because of that fear that it might be difficult down the line. I, I kind of knew what your answer would be before I asked it, of course, but I'm, I think it's good for us to talk about because I think a lot of nurses and NPs hear this message, hear this fake rule that, right. oh, you got to start in med surge or you have to start in primary care or, you know, hospital medicine, hospital whatever medicine, the, right. you know, the analogous one is for acute care. And I just don't think that's fair. That's not fair to our own interests, hopes, and dreams to be hearing that rule that somebody just made up for no good reason. Well, I'll ante you up on that rule. What about those of us who are in specialty? Suppose I woke up one day and said, I want to do renal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> why Why the heck not? Like that's, right. that's part of the flexibility that our education and profession gives us. The reality right. is so much of our training is on the job, whether right. we want to believe it or not. You know, we we get foundational knowledge in school, but that's how we differ from physicians. We don't take, you know, a several year residency to solidify a particular specialty. Right. We get that on the job and that's that's okay. That's how our profession has been designed. And, you know, think about physician associates who very rarely specialize in school unless they've done a particular intense surgery program. Like they have that flexibility too. Their their title isn't even specialized a bit like right. like ours like ours is. So I you know I I think that we should give ourselves permission to follow our interests and not let fear of how we're perceived, fear of failure, like all of that, our thoughts about what we're capable of is a whole different beast. But, you know, what I like to tell people is if it's what you want to do and you're interested in it, go for it. Why Why not? And I will say that was one of the beauties of me working as a nurse and then going back to school because I knew what I wanted. I knew I was going to do hypertension. I remember when I was trying to get um, a DMP chair, I had somebody who wasn't working out. She was trying to force me to do my project on AFib. And I tried, but I was like, I'm just not interested in AFib like that. And it's so much easier when you follow the natural pathway of the way you mm. think and your interests, because when it gets tough, it's like, but I'm passionate about this. And that passion can keep you going and keep you focused and keep you motivated and keep you hungry, you know? So 
And that's what I meant about doing things the second time around on my terms. And Dr. G is part of that, doing it on my terms. Hey, my friend, if you are an NP or an NP student, then I would love to invite you to be my guest at the 2022 NP Society Virtual Conference in October. Tickets will go on sale a little bit later this month, but in the meantime, I want you to take a minute and join the waitlist. Joining the waitlist will do a couple of things. It will get you early access to buying your ticket, as well as a special discount that won't be available anywhere else when they go live and on sale to the public. We've got a great lineup of both clinical and professional topics, a social mixer, and a special virtual swag bag for all who attend. Not to mention CME credits. I know you want them, so I've got you covered. To join the waitlist, head to theresumerx.com slash waitlist. Again, that's theresumerx.com slash waitlist, or click the link where you're listening to this episode. So tell me more about that. Was this a decision that you made, a very intentional decision to start this platform? Did you fall into it accidentally? Like, tell me more about the birth of Dr. G, the NP, you know, the platform. Now, this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) My nursing story wasn't that great. Dr. G, it happened very organically. So I became an adjunct professor. And that was twofold. One, again, I think one of my purposes is to teach. And I was interested in teaching. And so twofold, my job and true to date, unfortunately, doesn't pay that great. So I was looking to supplement my income, but then do something I liked doing. Started teaching. Absolutely adored the students. Love them. But then I'm like, why do I have to teach this? Like, I wasn't understanding. So is it a a regulatory thing? Which, I mean, obviously I understand regulations, but if you're supposed to enrich someone and prepare them for this journey that they're going to embark on, it seems like there's some holes and there's some gaps that are missing. And so I saw those gaps being an educator, one, and then two, being a practicing provider, I saw where things were missing. So it was funny. I joined this Facebook group and it was for new MPs. And I'm like, okay, great. And at the time I had been an MP for two years. I'm like, okay, great. There's going to be some people in there that can like help me and all that. And so I get in the group and I'm like the oldest person in there. It's like people six weeks, eight months. And I'm like, geez, we started randomly talking and then they were asking about hypertension. And I just kind of went on an impromptu rant about (laughs) hypertension, not intended at all. And they were like, okay, that's good. They're like, what else do you know? I said, I know cholesterols. So they're like, okay, well, can you come back in a couple of weeks and do cholesterol? So I made like a little, I didn't make a full lecture. I just had some notes jotted on what I wanted to talk about. And so they, I made like a little flyer and they circulated it and, you know, people came and I taught on cholesterols and I was thinking like, this might be something, this might be something. So that was kind of like how Dr. G unofficially got started. Um, and then like, what else can you teach? I'm like, I can do EKGs and I'm like, what you can do EKGs. I'm like, yeah. So then it just kind of evolved. And so I did that lecture in March of 21 and I opened Dr. G in June of 21. Nice. Um, and so that's that's how it just naturally evolved. So congratulations are in order. You just recently, we're recording this in July, by the way, you just recently celebrated your one year business anniversary. Yes, I did. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. I did. Wonderful. I hope you I hope you did something to celebrate that or like remember the month because when it comes around every year you know, you'll have some feels about it <laughs> for yeah. sure. I will admit uh, full transparency. I've been kind of in the trenches. We're going through a lot of changes right now and it's been scary. And 
exciting and frustrating and happy. It's been a lot of different emotions. But one thing I will say is I'm highly committed. And I promise myself, no matter what adversity I face, I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep going no matter what. So, Yes, I, I see that. I see that from you for sure. So well, thank you. <laughs> you are still working full time as an NP. You have your business. You are a mom. Correct? Yes, that is correct. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about how you balance it all. Like where does all like how do you fit it all in? You know, full transparency, I don't I don't know if I do fit it all in right. I mean, I, I try to do the best that I can. I will say this, when I was in grad school, a lot of people don't know this about me. So this is crazy. And looking back on it, I'm like, what was I thinking? But I'm like, my husband went along with it. So, you know, maybe he's crazy too. Um, <laughs> my last year of grad school, so I was a nurse educator full-time. I was in my DMP program full-time, full-blown working on my dissertation. We had a small business believe it or not. Wow. We had a small business. We had an alcoholic catering company. So we would make cocktails and do events. Cool. That's really cool. We did that. Of course, that was part-time, but it was a lot of work. We had an office suite. We had liquor licenses. It was insurance. Like it was the whole deal. Wow. We already had our oldest son and I was pregnant with our middle son. And so I literally had all that going on. I defended my dissertation like second second or third week of November. And then I had him, it was induced on December 1st. He was born on December 1st. And then two weeks later, I flew out to graduation and I got an award for my research, which I'm so proud of. I had the best, most outstanding dissertation in a vulnerable population. Wow. So that whole month period was like full of preparation and the culmination and then like bringing new life into the world and then just crazy. And so people ask me all the time, how did you do that? And I said, you know, I'm very good at compartmentalizing. And I still think that's true because what in whatever I'm doing, I'm very present. And particularly with my kids, I'm very, very like, like, I mean, I will say I'm the disciplinary of the two of us, but when we're joking and having fun, you know, I'm with them wholeheartedly and I'm not thinking about anything else. Also talking to my mom last week, I was telling her, I said, by far, and I'll send this to a friend, by far, unequivocally, and Amanda, I don't know if you can echo this or not, because I mean, you're a mom and you've, you're amazing in your own right. We can go on and on about your accomplishments, but I'd be curious to know from you. I feel like being an entrepreneur is literally the hardest thing that I have ever attempted to do, even more so than motherhood. And I'm not saying motherhood is easy. It's not. But I feel like with motherhood, I personally, with my kids, I'm always getting this affection back, like this confirmation mm. back, like I'm getting... Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing them evolve. I'm seeing them grow. I'm getting, and you don't always see that in business. So um, for me, the business has by far been the hardest. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really good point. And, and particularly online business, you know, we're, we're both really online digital creators and educators and yeah, it can be, it can be a little bit lonely for sure. And also it can take a while and, and the reciprocation looks different than the immediate gratification of, you know, affection from a child. And, you know, I think the other thing too, is that this is the only thing that I do in my life where I'm the decision maker and I can do whatever I want in my business. Mm -hmm. Right. And which is great. And also 
ridiculously terrifying. Yeah. Um, so there's like this level of self-trust that has to be cultivated that really has taken a long time for me to get comfortable with. And, and even still, that's my biggest challenge is, okay, what's the next right thing here? At least when it comes to parenting, you know, I have a, I have a partner, I have a husband, so we're doing a lot of those things together and I can always, you know, ask my mom or, you know, someone right. else in my life, like, Hey, when you went through this, how did you, how did you get through it? Like there's more of a village I think right. in, in parenting and in entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's really, it's really tough. And sometimes, you know, you have to be intentional and create that village and right. connect with other business owners who have either been there before or going through it because sometimes you just need to, you just need a sounding board to to figure out, okay, am I, am I doing the right thing here? <laughs> right. Um, another thing I was telling my friend the other night, we were chatting and I said, you know, she, when I made that statement that this is the hardest thing I've ever done and she paused for a second and she's like, harder than the doctorate? And I was like, yes, only for one reason. The doctorate had an end date. It was do this, 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 yeah. and this. And again, not minimalizing the journey. It was hard. The assignments were hard. It was high level thinking, but it was like you could check a box and say, okay, I'm this much closer and you can see the light. Whereas business doesn't always work like that. And as you totally. said, not having a sounding board all the time, it's just, like I said, by far the hardest thing that I've ever, ever done, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have my doctorate. Maybe I will at some point. And if I <laughs> if I do, we'll revisit this conversation and I'll weigh <laughs> in. I'll hold you to that. I'll you to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I keep kind of like, uh, I've said this on previous interviews and previous episodes too. Like every once in a while, it comes into my head, you know, should I go back for, you know, I, I would have the choice of different doctorates, right? I could right. do right. a DNP. I could do an EDD. I could... But I just don't know. It doesn't, I, I don't yet have a very strong feeling either way. So that's why I haven't made a decision about well, it. But I will mention for me getting the doctorate, and I know this sounds bad, but I'm all about transparency. For me, I felt a little desperate. I was a floor nurse. I was miserable. I felt like something had to change. I needed mm -hmm. a drastic change. I did have the opportunity to get a master's instead of a doctorate. But I knew that being in a highly saturated market, I needed to stand out. And it's funny when I got interviewed for the job, you know, obviously I got the job and I went back and asked the lead cardiologist. I said, why did you hire me? Why did the panel hire me and how, why did corporate hire me? And he answered it with one question. He said, because you had a doctorate. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, nurse practitioners have to have a master's. You chose to get a doctorate. That means you will always choose to go above and beyond. He told me flat out, you had the job as soon as you walked in. It was just a matter of you not saying anything that was just so far out or just so <laughs> strange. <laughs> or like, no. But he was like, we had every intentions on hiring before you even showed up. That's awesome. So. Well, if and when I ever get my doctorate, you and I are going to both be Dr. G. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you better hey. trade trademark Dr. G, the NP, so I don't come out. Ah, no, yes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would never. I'm really joking. <laughs> um, okay. Tell us more. Tell my listeners more about your platform. Like, Give an overview of the types of things you teach, how people learn from you, and how they can connect with you Like right after this episode when they want to learn more from you. 
So right now, the majority of what I do is hypertension management, cholesterol management, and I have six different EKG courses, uh, which are my babies and I'm, I'm very, very proud of. My goal is for all nurse practitioners to get an EKG handed to them and their stomach doesn't sink. That's what I want. Okay. It's not a matter of, again, you don't need to know everything, but I want you to have a systematic way to look at something without being overwhelmed and then making the decision, does this need to get escalated or not? So that's the way I think of things. So again, that's like the bulk of my eight courses right now. I've been flirting with doing heart failure, but of course that's so involved. Maybe if I just sit and get some quiet time, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) But the next thing I'm hoping to come out with this fall is called my high performing NP course. And I'm hoping to make it right now. We're thinking of doing it like a three week course that we meet once a week. And it would be recorded too, for those who couldn't go live. And it's taking you through a real case study, multiple EKGs, diagnostics, labs. Like if this walked into your clinic, how would your management change if the person's heart rate was tachycardic versus bradycardic? Like kind of going ins and outs and actually talking about these things in a safe environment. Because I want people to know, you know, it's all about being safe. I want you to feel welcomed. I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel empowered. I want you to feel confident. I want you to feel motivated. I want you to feel inspired. Like I just want you, I, (laughs) I tell my, I tell my clients all the time. They're like, why do you think I can do this? Like I'm telling, I'm coming to you telling you, I cannot read an EKG. And you're always like, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. I said, this is what you have to understand. You have nothing to prove to me. You at least have a master's, if not a doctorate. You are an educated, capable person. There's a difference between being not capable and not being shown. You were simply not shown how to do it. Just because you weren't shown something doesn't mean that you can't learn. I'm just here to help you learn. Then same thing with hypertensive management and cholesterol management. There's a lot of cool medicines out there that people aren't aware of or they're intimidated by. Shout out to the PCSK9 inhibitors. Love those. And then we have our new inclycerin out on the market, which we're waiting on. The clinical data won't be out till 2026, but I digress. Point being is any person who I come in contact with, any nurse I come in contact with, we are amazing. We have more education than most people have the privilege of even like dreaming of. So you're capable. I just want to be a guide and, and point you in that direction. So that's really what I do. So I, I, with the EKGs, I take you from, you know, basic, normal rhythm, giving you a systematic manner, systematic way to break it down. And then the remainder of the course is built on that. So I'm showing you what an incomplete right bundle is, what a complete right bundle is, the two morphologies. I'm showing you fascicular blocks. I'm showing you LVH. I'm showing you ischemia patterns. That's just kind of a little bit. I'm showing you old heart attacks. I'm showing you, is that old heart attack versus poor precordial R wave progression? And how to identify those things. Making you a rock star because the number one cause of LVH is hypertension. So if the patient has LVH voltage, they likely have hypertension. Secondary reason would be aortic stenosis. So now you know to listen for a murmur at the right sternal border for a systolic murmur. So anyway, the point being is I just want to give the tools so you can fly. We all deserve to fly. As far as how to contact me, uh, Amanda, you know, I'm super easy. to contact. <laughs> like, is she still up? Uh, <laughs> um, I can be reached on several platforms. I am on Instagram at drgdmp.com and just drgthemp on Instagram. I have my Facebook page at drgdmp with dr period g and, you know, spaced out regularly. I have my Facebook group, my Dr. G the MP 
uh, group guidance for EKGs, for nurses and nurse practitioners. That group has almost 8,000 people in it. Let's see, my email address is contact at drgdmp.com. And then I do a live every Friday. Uh, Once a month, I break down the EKG from start to finish. And then the other Fridays, I do a 15-minute Friday where I pick a topic and we just, you know, we just chat about it and, you know, see what's going on. (laughs) I love it. You are so generous with your time and with your resources. I just recently joined your Facebook group finally, so I'm excited to <laughs> to be a member of that. And, you know, of course, we've been connected on Instagram for a while. I will make sure that all these links are in the show notes where you're listening. So you can just kind of tap where you're listening and uh, click on whichever link suits you to connect with Dr. G because... I can't think of anyone who doesn't need to learn more about the topics that you teach. It's just, you know, it's it's specialized, but so incredibly relevant to all of us. Like, who isn't touching cardiology in, in some way, shape, or form, right? Like, it's just, it spans so many other specialties and so important, and we can't avoid it, right? If you are the avoidant type, I'm talking to you, like, you can't escape it. Let's address it head on and really, really improve your skills because you are so kind and non-intimidating when you teach, which I think is a big, a big reason why your students are happy and successful is because you break it down so that it's not scary. And and like you said, you know, I forget how you just phrased it right now, but like we don't have anything to prove to you, which no, is, you don't. Um, I'm, I'm just. You know, my secret is I come from a family of teachers. Uh, (laughs) Everybody in my family is an educator, principal, whatever. And I guess I'm the black sheep who didn't go in the formal education, like an education degree, so to speak. But my job is, and I think of it as with my patients too, like my job is to be a translator. I need to be able to convey things in a very, very simple manner. I remember one day um, our lead medical assistant, who he is fantastic. He's like, hey, Dr. G, real quick, this lady has new cardiomyopathy, but I'm struggling on how to explain it to her because a cardiologist put some wordy thing to tell her and it was kind of like that wasn't going to jive. So he was like, how do I explain cardiomyopathy? I said, okay, I got you. I got you. Just tell her this. Tell her that her heart is a little bit weak. And the medicines we want to put her on make the heart stronger so she won't have a problem later. Just real simple. That way you're not scaring her, but you're also being honest and transparent and understanding you need to follow up so that it doesn't get worse. He was like, I like that cardiomyopathy, weak heart. And I said, I took it a step further and I said, okay, we'll think of it like this. You have ischemic cardiomyopathy, non-ischemic, dilated, hypertrophic. So all of those are the reasons why the person has a weak heart. And he was like, oh, okay, I see. (laughs) And so I try to think, how can I explain things? And even with my business, I try to put it in a manner that my seven-year-old can understand because there's no need to use big, fancy words. I personally get a little confused when people start getting all wordy. I'm like, just say what it means. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Just, just, just say what it <laughs> get is. Get to the point. <laughs> right. Let's, let's just move on. So Yeah. Well, I have one final question that I've been asking my guests recently. And the question is, do you have any big dreams or big goals that you want to share? It can be, you know, something related to your work. It can be something not related, but I really think that when we speak out those dreams out loud, it really dramatically increases the chances of those things actually happening. So this is your opportunity to speak something big and great into existence. 
Oh, wow. Uh, caught me off guard. <laughs> no, <That's> no pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say my ultimate goal, and I'm sure someone said this before, so I guess this isn't very unique, but it's very honest. I want to be free. I want my time. I want my energy. I want, I want to own whatever I produce or create or put out. I really feel like a slave to the system right now. Mm-hmm. I'm so exhausted. I get in bed at 2 a.m. My husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I got to keep going. I'm, I'm not happy with the current structure of my job. I'm very transparent about that. Um, there are certain things that they won't give me. And I'm like, I deserve better. I know I deserve better. I give this my all. I absolutely adore the patients, like adore them. It's such an honor and a privilege to be a part of people's lives and impact them in a meaningful manner. And they look for you. I had a lady today. She's like, hey, thank you so much. I said, I know I put you on a weird dosing. She's like, it worked. You did it. She's like, I sing your praises to the rooftop. No one else fixed Mm -hmm. it, but you did. It's amazing what you can do if you listen. But I I would say I'm looking to be free. Um, And that's why I, I gush over you, Amanda, because I feel like you are free. And you are what I want to be. So uh, I want to be free. Well, I, I feel that, you know, that's, yep. Uh, we are, we are similar in that respect. So that's definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on that for sure. Dr. G, Trenise, this has been so wonderful. I value and love all the time that we get to chat. And I think sharing it with a wider audience makes it that much more special and exciting. So thank you so much for spending the time. Anytime, always. Um, like I said, I, I always tell people, if you want me back, I invite myself back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said, anytime I'm in your presence, it's a learning opportunity for me. I personally believe in the saying, never be the smartest person in the room. And that's why I'm always inquiring about what you have going on and what you're doing. And just seeing you has just been just an honor. I mean, I'm just like, everybody knows you're the real deal. And the thing is, you do it with such care. You're just such a warm, inviting person. It's very infectious. And so it's really an honor and a privilege to call you a colleague and certainly a a business role model for all of us. That's for sure. So, Well, thank you for that. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our episode today. Don't forget to give Dr. G a follow over on Instagram at Dr. G the NP, and I will catch you on another episode soon. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.